0: Hey, it's Margot Tantow here, host of Windowsill Chats. I am so glad you're here. I have some tales to tell, some interesting stories to discover, and I'm glad you're here to do that with me. I've spent decades working with artists and being one myself. In the trenches, figuring out what the best way is to get something done, how to get something made, how to get your creative self noticed, how to make the best of a situation, and so I'm here to bring those stories to you and see if there's anything you can pull out from it. Maybe a laugh, something you can relate to, and definitely a little bit more community for your quiet little corner. So grab a cup of tea or coffee or a glass of wine and join me over in my sunny windowsill. Yes, I need your trouble. Thank you for tuning in to Windowsill Chats today. I am really happy to be having a conversation with my friend, Beth Nidick. We decided to shake it up a little bit and have Beth interview me a little bit at the same time I interviewed Beth. Beth and I had the great good fortune to meet online through another course, and we have a really strong supportive small group of entrepreneurial woman that we are in cahoots with every Friday. So we thought it would be fun to to introduce you a little bit more to each of us. A little bit about Beth. She is a powerhouse. She has spent over 10 years working as an online entrepreneur, but you'll hear from the conversation that she has had a really cool path to get there. She's not afraid to sort of put herself right in the way of good possibility. And that has taught her a lot about business and PR and all the things necessary. She has been a health coach. She has a successful cocktail book. And because of these things, her acumen for business has been sought out by other entrepreneurs that want to increase their authority, but their businesses weren't necessarily set up for success. So after Beth's cookbook debuted, it's called Clean Cocktails, Righteous Recipes for the Modern Mixologist. Check it out. She was asked to speak at events and conferences about how she was able to get published without a whole lot of social proof. She found herself counseling other colleagues about business and helping them understand and activate their own potential. So she saw that there was really a hole in people's businesses and in some of the businesses in the community around her. And she knew what she learned over the past several years could not only help them increase their bottom line, but also with direction, she could guide them to work to increase their own visibility and credibility. So all about how to get yourself in front of people in a way that matters. Today, Beth helps entrepreneurs to strategically prepare their businesses and gain exposure through collaboration and visibility so they can reach their full potential and establish credibility while increasing their bottom line. If you go to Beth's website, which is is bethnydeck.com, it will be in our show notes, take a look at her blog tab. There's all sorts of good things in there from the recipe that was in Oprah Magazine to just really strategic, wise, smart business ideas and concepts from mailing lists to branding to all of it. So a lot of juice for you today as Beth and I kind of tell you a little bit more about each of us. Enjoy, and thanks for being here. Tell a friend.
1: Margo, I am so excited to dual podcast interview with you today. I love you so much. I'm so excited we're doing
0: this. I'm so excited, too. too. I don't know that I've heard this way of doing it before, but we just thought, my dear friend Beth and I, why don't we interview each other? And <laughs> and you can find out a little bit about Beth and me at the same time. Exactly. You know, I think
1: that, Having, having just having a conversation is always is always so eye opening, especially into somebody that you like. We know each other, but I, you know I've done a little bit of a deep dive into your background, and I was like, oh my god, there's so much to Margo. I don't know. I'm so excited to explore that with you today.
0: Oh well, thanks. At least my mother will certainly appreciate it because she'll say, I like, I find out so more about you on every one of these where you talk to friends of yours, and they they, they have some inside scoop. So same same for you. It's it, Beth and I haven't known each other very long, but we talk often because of the mutual things we're involved in. And gosh, just one of those people that I couldn't go without in this time for Aww. support and inspiration. And it's such a good thing to have those people in your life. So thank Oh my God. I'm
1: so grateful. I'm so, I really am I'm so grateful to have Margo's insight. But Margo, one thing that I was reading about you, which we have in common, is that people too think that you're a fairy godmother to artists everywhere.
0: Mm hmm. You know, I I love that moniker. And and actually, it was very so I used to lecture um, at a, an amazing art school in the Dominican Republic. And one of the students coined it there. She said, What do they say? You're a fairy good mother. So I was like, <laughs> oh, I'll be a fairy good mother. But I do feel like that's my favorite thing to do is kind of shepherd people along, you know, just help them kind of figure out what they're doing out there and maybe Shine some light on them that people might not have been looking in that direction. So it's my favorite thing to do.
1: Oh, and I totally agree with you. And I think we do. Well, I do that as well. Yeah. Um, I love working with one-on-one clients when I have a conversation with them, and I know you do the same thing. And they're like, "Oh my God, you're so right!" And you're like, "Yeah."
0: Best specialty is is PR because of her very interesting path to get there, which we'll <laughs> dig into. But you know, I think when you can, when you kind of are well, have come through a lot and kind of know where you are and and are fine with where you are, watching other people kind of try and get there is so fun and rewarding when you can just kind of reach your hand out and say, hey, try this. And you're good at that. You do it a lot.
1: Well, I realized in the last six months, that's one of my superpowers. Honestly, I, I really didn't realize that. And I get nervous. Like I had a call yesterday morning and I got a little nervous and I was like, okay, make sure you bring the value. Make sure you're really helping her. And within like three minutes, I, ca- I was like, okay, I'm, I'm good. Like I'm, I
0: got this. It's interesting, isn't it? When you, when you hear somebody talking and it is a little nerve wracking when you have a, a one-on-one or something and, and somebody's kind of laying out their concerns or fears or and and you were saying when we talked yesterday that you you can kind of see those holes that somebody might have in their in their plan or their process. And and that's because we've been doing this for a while, you know, and we're experts because of our experience, right? Yes. Think of those two words together obviously. And so when you listen to somebody who's at a different place than you are in the process. You're so good at listening, finding those holes, stitching them together and making that person feel like, Oh, all I need to do is reach out to somebody in this way or put myself out there in this way. I mean, even before we press record, you were saying, you know, don't you repost about your past podcast? I was like, (laughs) Oh, that's obvious. No, I should be doing that.
1: (laughs) Yeah. The woman that I spoke to yesterday has, you know, hundreds of thousands of followers and you know has been in is writing a cookbook and doing all these great things and I spoke to her and she's like exactly the whole thing she was like I didn't think of that I didn't think of that you're so right you're so right you're so right but then three hours after our phone call she sent me a video of what we were talking about she should be doing so like having not only did I give her the advice but then she followed it the same day and is finding success in what what the opportunities I opened up for her were like that's that's my sweet spot that's what that what keeps me going but i think you're yeah. so right and i think that you know you and i both worked in new york city for a long time and i think just working in new york and in that environment gives us a different perspective than people do across the country
0: i think so too i think the energy there the melting pot of of culture and skills and people and i remember before i moved there i was i felt really intimidated like you know west coast girl moves east and <laughs> but it was so welcoming because everybody was new, you know, or it felt like experiencing something at the same time. And I, I feel like when you can have those conversations with somebody and impart some wisdom, call it, and then they feel immediately motivated to put some of that into action, that's that's the magic connection right there. I love that. And I think, oh
1: yeah, totally.
0: Again, living where we have, and I love Beth that you you, Growing up in New Jersey and living so close to New York, and I know this too from being, being there, proximity is mm-hmm. everything because especially pre the internet, um, all the magazines were there, all the people looking for material, all the shows that were being recorded. And, yep. and you, you got to dip your toes into some really amazing experiences and connections that way.
1: Yeah, my whole life has been honestly about collaboration and creating opportunities from people's talents. Mm -hmm. Like when what comes up, what I think of first is this crazy story. I was literally looking for a job in TV. I was working for an ad agency in their television department, but I wanted to be in like real TV. So I'm literally sitting at a bar in Hoboken and the guys behind me, one of them's wearing an MTV t-shirt. So I was like, wonder if that's just a t-shirt. And then they start talking about production. So I was like, great, they work in TV. I'm literally like sitting back so I can hear them. I remember this is before I had a cell phone. Mm. This is before real internet. And I literally turned around and was like, Hey guys, you work from TV. I really like to work there. And they both looked at me. You know, I was very cute
0: because I was (laughs) so good, (laughs)
1: funny something. I was very cute. And I had a glass of whatever in my hand. Uh, No, I started talking to them. The next day, one of the guys asked me to come in. He actually worked in HR for Viacom. Oh, my gosh. And he helped me get an interview. He didn't give me a job. He helped me get an interview. And I was working at MTV in their creative services department. I don't know, two weeks later.
0: Wow. You have to be brave. You just have to put it out there. You really do. I uh, similar, but but different. Like we when I I would travel to China a lot for work and for product development. And you'd be in a. I mean, you know, you kind of know who the other Americans are pretty quickly (laughs) in a restaurant. And um, I remember this this table of guys and they all, and and your story made me think of it because I'm trying to remember what he had on his t-shirt. It might've even been like MTV or it was something, (laughs) you know, music or Film related and they have long hair and we're like, who are these guys? Like they're roadies for some band that's playing here. No, they all worked for Boeing, but, um, (laughs) you you know, it's just like, I am like, (laughs) they work for Bowie. (laughs) It It didn't really help me, but it was, you know, it's just, you strike up the most interesting conversations. If you're just brave enough to say, Hey, and especially, you know, in a circumstance like that, it's not like you're in a, you know, walking into their office, they're out there. So be brave. It
1: works. Okay, so you just like dropped that when I worked in China or when I would travel to China. So like what what interests me a lot about what, what you do and who you are is the creative process. Because mm. everyone has a different creative process, but you're so uber creative in the support you have for other creatives. Like what's I, I want there's I have a few questions. What's your creative process? How are you going to China? What were you doing? Like give us some background. <laughs> like I did I know pits of it, but I want the whole thing. So let's start with why were you traveling to China? What were you doing?
0: I I've, I've done a lot of things and I've always been interested in product and, and, um, having a fantastically talented interior design mom. We just grew up around, you know, color, product, fabric, you know, ideating, looking up at the details, things like that. So I'll skip over many chapters, but at, at some point I had with my friend, Aaron, a wholesale business after, after being in retail and other things. And, We represented businesses that were small makers, for the most part, making things themselves and not knowing then if they're making things themselves, how to get it in front of the stores that they might want to be in. So that was our job and it was halcyon days. It was the most fun. So we figured out how to make a few of our own things. We had our own lighting line. It was not UL approved because, you know, but it was good looking, (laughs) (laughs) that's okay. We did, we weren't in big stores. So, but we, we wired it all ourselves. We learned how to do that. And again, this was before the internet. Sorry, I'm giving you the long answer. So we like, I literally looked in the yellow pages and found a lighting company in LA and called them and, you know, found Ralph, the guy that worked in the back and wired the lamps and had him tell me how to wire a lamp. And, (laughs) you know, with the pliers in front of me as he's talking. So we had this, line of lamps and we did a line of bedding to to blend in with the other lines that we represented. And at some point as our business changed and as Aaron moved on to LA to follow art and acting, I really wanted to learn about product development. And I knew China needed to be involved in some way if we were going to figure out quantity. And we kind of dipped our toe in a few things. Like we, we thought it'd be really cool to make, you know, vintage looking glassware, but then quickly found out you had to buy like 50,000 glasses at a time. And it just seemed so daunting. So I went to work for a wonderful company called Midwest of Cannon Falls at the time. And I had an amazing couple of mentors, Ingrid Liss, who was on my podcast recently, and Jeff Wilson and Kathy Brecken. And unbeknownst to me at the time, they did it right, 100% right. And we went to China and learned at that time it was um, holiday seasonal decor. So Christmas ornaments and so many other things. But so think about it, there's glass, there's resin, there's paper mache, there's fabric, there's ceramics, there's wood. What am I missing? Everything, you know, all the things, raffia, all, all of them. So I would go to all these factories and, and take it from, and I had this fantastic team of artists that I worked with. So I would with, myself and other people ideate what, what that product was going to be, learn about how to plan for a whole year, how to plan so far ahead, how to look at trends, which was, it was kind of innate, you know, I've been looking at trends my whole life. So um, then go to China and make this stuff. And at the time, this was 2003 when I started traveling to China and this company had been traveling all over as they you know they were innovators and teachers like China can do just about anything but a lot of the um, at that point the aesthetic was very if if something was being made by the factory and it was coming from their like designers it, the aesthetic was what they knew so it was very Asian focused and so we would you know they they might not have ever seen a snowman. Um, so you know we were we were looking at, hey, if we don't want the ribbon to be flat, we want the ribbon to be crinkled. So like literally spend <laughs> so much time figuring out how to communicate that the ribbon needed to be crinkled. Like I know that's a crazy sounding detail, but those are the details that sell something. So I spent I, Midwest and and Hallmark and um, Creative Co-op and and other companies that really stand for quality and innovation. Um, I ran a lot of programs and started some wonderful things and worked with a lot of clever people and spent a lot of time in China. So there's a the long answer.
1: <laughs> That's one place that I've never been. So is was there, I'd love to hear like a, a, a story there. Like, was there an incident at the hotel? Oh my gosh. Did something crazy happen? Like, I know, I feel like oh there's gosh. so many <laughs> stories. Hell, you guys, listen, everyone listening, Oh my PM, God. Margo and Wright, Tell me a story.
0: Like, I know there's so much there. <laughs> My brain is literally flipping like a slot machine through <laughs> like the stories. Like, where do I even? I tell you, it was a very interesting. There's many food stories. Let's just say, did I ever get lost? I don't think I ever got lost. But one of the things that sticks out to me, besides, I loved going into the mountains, like to the places where they'd been making ceramics for thousands of years, thousands of years. And you drive down these, you know, China is quick to better their roads and things like that. But in the beginning, we would take hours to get down these twisty mountain roads to places. And, and we'd always stay in the same hotel in this certain um, uh, part of the South of China. And, and it was a Chinese owned hotel because the Americans weren't there very often and I remember looking out the window at this factory across the street and when I first started going there I'd look I'd wake up and look out the window in the morning and they would be that all the factory workers would come out and this was 2003 i guess and and they'd all be in you know a uniform and very lined up and very like i was kind of blown away i'd never seen anything like it except in a movie right and they were there was one person talking and they were absolutely regimented and and it was like watching a movie from my window wow and then the last time i went to that hotel probably 20 15 it wasn't like that anymore like we they'd have they had all had phones now right then and they had internet had cut so they'd come they kind of came sidling out they weren't in a uniform they still kind of lined up but they more kind of gathered and it was just so interesting to see the change there the same the same factory that when we first started going there there were dirt roads out front seriously out of the side of this hotel um and then Three, you'd come three months later, and there'd be a two-story, you know, Audubon. Like they just things change so so very quickly. But one of the things is there's not a lot of there's not the same regulations in China. Let's just say that's why we do a lot of things there, which is both exciting and super hard to rationalize in your head uh, sometimes. But I have so many pictures that. And even on my Facebook, I have a lot of albums where you you get these finishes, like these aged finishes on metal and you go and look at how this guy's doing it. And like literally one person is dipping something in one color of paint and they're rubbing it off with their hands. And it's just so craftsman like and driving up to the through the mountains, through these tea fields and being welcomed to people's homes and just such such beautiful people and such amazing experiences and such creativity and and dedication. It's, I don't know, lots of, lots of great China stories.
1: It sounds amazing. So was there something that surprised you the most about the artists that were doing it? Like they did it a thousand years ago.
0: Yes. I would say how hands-on it is and how, like for instance, this ceramic area, I mean, they're still sitting or squatting at this hand thrown wheel that they're I mean, maybe it's electric. Maybe they're kicking it with their foot and making hundreds and hundreds of the same beer stein that goes to somewhere in Salzburg with the logo <laughs> on it. You know, it's like you think about it, look around you right now. What are you drinking your coffee out of? Where do you think that came from? How do you think that decal got on there? Somebody's hands put that on there very likely. I mean there are machine I I think I said this when I talked to Ingrid too I really used to think before I knew any better China is just machines you know you put things in one end and they come out the other made but no it's people it's people that aren't not paid very well and um it, it's changed very very much and 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 I think there's the people themselves, the workers themselves have a lot more say because companies like tech companies have come in, made sure that ventilation. And, and again, I, I just want to point out, I would never ever have worked with a company or a factory that did not follow certain health guidelines and restrictions. And like, you do things like make sure you have to have a picture, for instance, of their emergency exit, show us your emergency exit and how accessible it is and where it is. Like, those are things that, not me personally, but somebody in the company is checking all these things to make sure it's humane. People are paid right, fed right, sleeping in the right place. You know that is all. That's all stuff that happens, but um, it certainly doesn't happen everywhere. But that was always important to the companies that I worked with. So anyway, I I went circular there, but it's just <laughs>
1: no. it's really important to make to make sure that. People, your your people are taken care of. And that's such a, a piece of you. You know, what what do you see a difference in artisans here that are trying to use the same techniques that's been used thousands of years ago? Do you see that? Is it still
0: around even? It's it definitely is. I mean, you know, I look and and just the resurgence of makers over the past 10 to 15 years is so beautiful. Like you can look not very far to find a beautifully turned wooden bowl and amazing ceramics that are just hand done in the most fantastic ways and jewelry. That's, it could not be more handmade. Um, The, the tricky thing is, you know, in the wartime, you know, when we had factories and we were making ball bearings here and we were making, you know, all the things that we needed because of the, price of things and that we could afford it. That's what's gone away. So if you want to have that mug that you're making mass produced at a price that people are, you know, we've trained ourselves to want to pay or, you know, others have trained us, it's, that's where the tricky part comes in. That's where you can't find that so much in the U.S. I was talking to somebody recently about the tariffs that, that have been imposed in the past year. Um, and did that help did that help us well if you have to pay 23% more for whatever you're bringing in you ha- how do you do that as a small business how do you pay more and 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 how do you pass that on to your customer and stay stay in business if you're a if you're if you're bringing steel in from china because you're a, a small tooling guy who's making this beautiful dies for jewelers to make jewelry out of you can't, you can't do it if you have to pay more. So anyway, not to get into the weeds, but um, I think I I love what's available here and how, but we're, I feel like in the U S we're supporting the small maker and that small maker is, is getting frustrated, figuring out how, like how to step slightly away from the manufacturing and and earn the money they need to make. And, and that's, you know, my path has always been about supporting that small maker for sure. When I, when he, we had relish, which was our wholesale business, we would find like, say, you know, Beth, you made, your husband could produce 50 of a certain ring style. And that's, that was a lot of work, but that's what we could, he could do. And, we would say all right we'll sell 50 of that ring then and it would be at a certain price and it would be very special and and that's you know that's always been highly important to me too is not to to have something that's unique you know i don't want mm-hmm. something in my house that looks like what my next door neighbor has or in my <laughs> store that looks like what somebody down the street has so being able to purchase from small maker you know etsy has a wholesale program and there's a lot like that but but there's a huge disconnect from being able to get your prices down and, and have something mass produced. And, and I could obviously talk about it for a long
1: time. <laughs> well, I think that's where you come in. So my husband was an artist, isn't, you know, still is in his heart, but was a jewelry artist for a long time when I met him, he actually made my engagement ring. Mm. Um, but when I met him, he had, he had just won a juried show at the at Jacob Javits. Mm. But again, mm. this was pre-internet. So neither him yeah. nor I really yeah. knew how to capitalize on that, that we didn't have our own Margot. Mm-hmm. to call and be like, Hey, this is our product. Can you help us figure out how to get it out there? I'm so happy that people out there now have you and people mm-hmm. like me who can look at their business and say, like, you got your side, you have the manufacturing side, you have your products, you have your product lines, you can get it out. But how is, how is your message getting out there really to the people who want to buy it and getting in front of the right audience?
0: And that's like, that's the perfect thing to say, because you can be as passionate oh, as you. you want about <laughs> what put what you're putting your like how you're getting your hands dirty but like literally I had the question this week but how do I but I have to do the business part and yes you do I I hate to say it you can't have one without the other if you're going to try and make a living on it so that's where you know Beth if you take your experience and watch you know the experience that you've had and the places you've worked for and watching like you know realizing that you wanted to be in TV but really what you were gaining along the way is the knowledge of how you put yourself out there into the world like if you're talking to you know guests how did they get there you know how what was the PR that they took and and or the steps that they took to for public relations or their whoever mm-hmm. they worked with and you know you know, talk a little bit about how how you started to realize that that's what you were jonesing for, you know, to work <laughs> with.
1: You know, it, I've always wanted to be in TV. I actually started out wanting to be on TV like I I went to sleepaway camp. It was called French Woods. Mm. It was like the premier acting camp. I believe it was 83. Sarah Jessica Parker was a counselor there. It was like the summer of square pegs. Nice. Um, and I spent the summer learning how to walk on a circus ball across the stage.
0: Oh my gosh! That was my uh, part a skill. in the play.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I wonder if I could still do it. But I literally <laughs> like stood on one of those hard circus balls and walked it across the fairfoot oh and gosh, walked it across Beth. the stage. That was that was. Well, I couldn't sing. Um, and I guess I I could kind of act. Um, but really, what I found from that was you know, standing up and having a voice was most important. And I really took that through, you know, my first job was with, with MTV and VH1. Then I worked with Fox when Fox was just a new show before it was a real cable show. She's I was leaning I into I was her microphone. Pre, uh, pre-everything, so 2000. Pre-opinions. Pre-opinions, exactly. But everything that I had gotten along the way was really for me opening my mouth. I'll tell you a quick story. So I interned for The Tonight Show with Jay Leno. But how I got The Tonight Show was I literally was in the comedy store Like watching, he like showed up at a comedy night. It was probably like a Thursday, Wednesday or Thursday night. Location, location, location. (laughs) Exactly. My sister's out in LA, so I was visiting her. And he looks at the crowd and he looks at me and my girlfriend. He's like, what are you doing here? Shouldn't you be in school? And we were like, we're on spring break, you know, 20 years old. Uh, What's your major? And I was like, TV and communications. What do you want to do with your life? I said, work for you. And And he stopped. He was like, I don't know who. It's almost like, who did I think I was? Like, i was talking to Jay Leno, who was like the biggest TV star ever at this time. You know, he had been on he had had The Tonight Show for a while. And he was like, he looked at me like, "Okay, lady, let's go. He goes, talk to me after the show. The next morning, I went to his office. I interviewed with the people at his show. I got the got the gig, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. and I remember seeing him on the way out. And he's like, hey, you're from the comedy show. And I was like, yeah, thanks for the job. He looked at oh. me like, how the F did you make that happen? But it was my first like, he th- was, was thinking, my first forte into like,
0: oh. he was thinking I need to make pay more attention to this woman <laughs> is the thing. And See, he I hope he people listening are. Are thinking are seeing not, oh, I could never do that, but oh, my gosh, how could I apply that to my life? I hope so. Maybe it's not a comedy club, but like, how do I put myself out there in front of like, just take. Just be daring and and send an email to, to a company that you want to work with or, you know, get your PR, you know, shine up your shoes, go figure it out.
1: It's, you know, I really, it's just opening your mouth. Like I yeah. can't tell you how many blog, so I, I was a nutrition and food blogger. I have a lifestyle website called Blue Barn Kitchen, which is all about food and healthy cocktails and drinking um, great, great whole things. So I was working in that realm, working with brands, I went to a publicity event and I literally saw this girl with a clipboard sitting and, uh, like standing against the wall and she looked exhausted. Mm. Like she just did. So I was like, I need to go to, like, I need to go see what's going on with her. Cause I just felt like this draw to her mm. as a mom, a, and as a business owner twice going to myself, she's got a clipboard for a reason. Mm-hmm. Who is this chick? So even if she wasn't leaning against the wall and looking exhausted, I probably would have gone over. I take that back. I definitely would have gone over because my, <laughs> mo when i go to any networking event is to find the people that i should be talking to because i'm not there right. to make friends you right. know i am there to meet people but i'm not there to make friends she ended up being the senior vice president of a huge pr firm in the city and i worked with her for like five years wow but it's just but it is just about making friends mm-hmm. but making friends that have that you can create a win-win relationship with she had brands right. that needed people to work with i was somebody to work with i got what i needed she got what she needed
0: and she knew from your approach, like that you were, you know, you weren't cowering in the corner that <laughs> no. she was going to get out of you something that was going to benefit her too. Exactly. You yeah. know, That's I, nice. I love that. And, and you, you've made me, you've reminded me again, because I spent so much time in New York, either living there or doing gift shows there at Jacob Javits or the peers or whatever, the people that would come through. Well, lots of people would come through, but included in that mix were, was press. And that press wanted to know what you were doing. They were looking for something to put in their magazine. And I early on made one of the best friends of my life, Jane Dagmy, who at that time was an editor, associate editor at Country Living. And there's several, yeah, Jen Kopf at, at um country home and there's home, you know, there's several magazines at that time where we, we were similar in age. We were similar in interest. We, they'd be like, what are you saying? And I'd say like, here's what I'm seeing. What are you saying? So we would feed each other. Like they would help my business grow. I would help, you know, I would, we would share information, but what happened then back in the day is there, you were in the, in between the covers of, whatever magazine it was doing a lot of work or, you know, on a photo shoot or telling them what the exterior paint color was that year, depending on what you decided, (laughs) or, you know, it was just, those are the things that, um, those relationships, it's not just talking to the person with the clipboard. It's caring. It's being intrigued, right? It's being curious and inquisitive and being willing to ask the question and make the make the relationship and make the friendship. Mm-hmm. And those are, I mean, that's why I'm here.
1: It's- right. So it's so important. And I, and I almost feel like saying it's just being a person, it's yeah. getting out of your own head that no one wants to talk to you, that you're not important, that your yes. your product, your story, your service isn't worthy. It's letting go of all of those. You know, I hate the word blocks, but they are, it's all these story that we put in our way so that we can't move through them and we can't be successful. And then you hear maybe stories like we're telling and maybe you are saying to yourself, I can't do that, that's not me. But next time you're in a situation, I want you to hopefully reach back in and listen to this conversation and be like, wait a Mm -hmm. minute, I can open my mouth. I can say something. Because those people in the media or the buyer at the store or the the executive on the other side of the desk wants you to say yes just as much as you want them to say yes. Like, I feel like we're so afraid of each other. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you have if you meet somebody, there's always there's synergy somewhere there. There always is. So it's just being open to that and finding where you can collaborate, either being, you know, when I was looking for a book agent, I put out on my Facebook page, who knows a book agent, six strangers. And I mean, complete, complete strangers
0: Hmm. put me in touch Hmm. with people they knew
1: because they want to help.
0: Right. We love to help. People love to help. And, you know, to your point, that was such a good point because when you got that MTV job or talked to Jay Leno or went and approached the woman with the clipboard, we were just starting out. Mm-hmm. When I approached, you know, and made friends with all the, those people that I met in New York or wherever we were, we were all just curious. That's all we were curious. And, and, and so asking what, is just a part of a conversation. It's just having a conversation, you guys. It's it's thinking about. It's not. Oh my gosh, th- this space is already filled. There's no way for me to fill it. It's yeah. Let's just have a conversation. Let's just believe it, that you can a little bit. You yeah, know? But you know,
1: that makes me crazy when people say that part. There, that it's about. There's not enough room for everybody. Mm-hmm. The, the the niche is already saturated. There's enough. There's enough coffee mugs out there.
0: You're listening to a new, this there's podcast, not. aren't you? <laughs>
1: Yeah. <laughs> like like there's a million podcasts out there, but seriously, right. like, there's room for everybody. And I've had this sometimes too. Like, you know, you have that, I guess you would call it FOMO. Like I watch other people. I'm like, why are they having another podcast interview and I don't, why are they having, you know, Dave Meltzer on their podcast and he's not coming on mine. We all have those moments, right. But stepping back and going, Oh, realizing what's going on, you know, doing those exercises where you're writing down the things that are blocking you or you're writing down the things that are put in your way or you're verbalizing them to your bestie or even your dog. Cause sometimes, you know, my dogs, they know a lot about my business. (laughs) (laughs) They listen and don't offer me suggestions. You know, I've been married for a very long time and God loved my husband, but he doesn't know what I do. Mm-hmm. Meaning he doesn't, you know, he, he doesn't work in this, in the same realm. So when I have conversations with him about what I'm doing, he'll offer things and, and I don't say this to him and I hope he doesn't listen to this part, but he will. And it's okay. I'm like, I, always, I look at him. I'm like, you have no fucking idea what you're talking about <laughs> like, in a lovingly way. I say that, but he really doesn't, you know, he doesn't know what a funnel is. He doesn't know what email sequence is. And guess my, my dogs just go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, it's
0: much nicer and all of husband and dogs are supportive, but you know, yes. dogs, there's something about those just throwing it out there and just having them smile back at you nod their head it's true it's true and i think we find that support and it's important that the community especially right now um mm-hmm. the, you know how we spend time to, beth and i get to see each other at least every friday afternoon and oh my gosh it makes my week that community and yeah, and the God. like-minded friends those same you know press people or turned friends We've never lived in the same town, but those are people I can reach out to w- if I need to talk about a certain thing. Cause we're on, we're, we're working through the same stuff in different places, you know?
1: Oh, we're, and- we all are. And I find that, you know, my new ish friends are not people I'd be friends with normally mm-hmm. and they are 20 years younger than me, but guess <laughs> what? We both have a purpose yeah. and we're both trying to achieve something. They yeah. need content for their TV show, for their magazine, for their platform. I want to be that content. And working together is really fruitful, and you know, COVID has actually, I think, helped really deepen that the the overall community of, of online service people, of coaches, of consultants, of makers, of all this for stuff. Sure. we can really, you know, I've been on so many TV segments around the world now because I don't need to leave my house, and it's yeah. so nice. Yeah. It's so nice not having to traipse anywhere and get in a plane and you know show up for three minutes somewhere versus doing it on.
0: Online. And the work you needed to do to get, and the money spent to, to for those three minutes, you know. And cocktails you're right; don't
1: always travel so well. It's really sometimes it's difficult. no. So
0: let's talk about <laughs> your cocktails and that book, and um, reaching out and asking people who could publish. And you know, Beth's a doer and a and a co- and a mixologist. So you went from <laughs> how how did you segue from TV stuff to health and cocktails and a book and a and a you know, following that passion.
1: Okay. I'll tell you, I'll tell you the quick long story. Um, I was, I was in TV. I had kids. I was home for a while. I was trying to figure out what to do. And I wasn't willing to go back work 14 hour, 16 hour days. Like you do in TV. It just wasn't in my plan. Um, I had, I was, let me think the kids were in elementary school and I was going into school and seeing, you know, helping with lunch. And the fact that the kids were eating Lunchables and Twinkies Mm. and like crap made me crazy because I had healed my IBS with whole foods in college. Mm -hmm. And that's the way that I had lived and my kids lived. And the first time my son, who's now 16, who was probably in kindergarten, came home, he's like, mommy, I want a Lunchable. Mm
0: -hmm. I was like, I got to
1: do something. And, (laughs) you know, for, for my, for my adult life, and even for my mommy friends, the kids were little, everyone used to ask me what to eat because I had learned so much about food. Yeah. You know, I remember yeah. feeding my kids edamame at like a playdate and all the parent all the mommies like going crazy.
0: Yeah. That I was they feeding him them? edamame and
1: oh, they, yeah, exactly. Yeah. They have yeah. tofu, you know, they all this stuff. So I quickly got my certification in in, in um health from the Integrative Nutrition Institute of Integrative Nutrition. Um started health coaching. I was I kind of liked it. Um, But what I was hearing from my clients after a while was like, that's great. But can I have a glass of wine? That's great. But I Mm. want a mojito. That's great. Can I make a margarita? You know, it's summer. What am I drinking around the pool? Um, And what I was pulling out of my paper records were all of my recipes when I was a bartender in college.
0: Oh, awesome.
1: Because I would remake drinks because I could never I was never a sugar person to begin with. And my body just doesn't like it. I like Mm -hmm. to eat it. My body doesn't like it. So I created all these recipes that I was drinking. You know, and my friends were drinking. I literally one day I was standing in my house. I had a few friends over and they were like, Beth, this is a good one. You should do this one again, a cocktail. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: I was like, more people need to know about this. Okay. So what can I do? How can I, I can write a blog post, right? I can do some videos for Instagram. But what I did was started to talk to people who had adjacent businesses to mine, just about the idea. But Marco, I talked to 10 people, 10 women who I thought were doers because like you, I like to get stuff done. Mm-hmm. Until I met Tara Racioli, she is my writing partner, and she owns a company called Highway to Well. Um, I said to her, "Let's have lunch. I want. I'm thinking about a collaboration." She was like, "Great! What's this girl want? We're going to do a smoothie together. We're going to do a, right. you know, uh, a cleanse together." And sh- and I show up to her office, and we're getting to know you, and you know, for an hour, two hours later, I was like, "Okay, listen, this is my idea." I tell her all about the cocktail idea. Um, you know, we we had been at an event earlier and I kind of mentioned it but not really and then after I said it to her and I was she was like oh you want to do like an ebook and put it out into our email list I'm like no I want to write a book and get it published what do you think and she goes yeah let's do it and I was like what do you mean yeah let's do it so we did we I put on Facebook about an agent she put out to her network about an agent she actually had a client who was already a New York Times bestseller she introduced us to the his her agent and he liked the idea. Awesome. And that's where it started. It was just like, it was a good idea. He liked the idea. He helped us write a proposal. He got us in front of three or four different uh, publishers that we would literally bring a cooler of cocktails and make cocktails for them in the meeting. So mm. they would be like a little drunk. Yeah. <laughs> we would get a deal. <laughs> um, you know, and, and we did. We got a deal. I actually, one of my very good friends, design the book because she was friendly with the the publisher as well and I and we I loved it it was amazing her and I got to do mostly art direction we had an amazing photographer and it was like we didn't Mm -hmm. know we could you know when you find a new skill because I was always creative yeah and I and I but I'm not a painter like I'm not I can't draw I'm
0: not but I like to you're a super creative thinker though
1: yeah creative thing but I was really with my hands growing up too I always was making jewelry or making I used it's so funny I used to take the slides you remember, remember that remember yep. when we had slides like yep. actual yep. two by two inch slides i would take the slides and decoupage them and make them into pins and sell them at stores in local in jersey See? like i've always liked to do stuff so with the book it was like i can make now i can make cocktails we had amazing press oprah good housekeeping parade inc forbes entrepreneur.com like this crazy you know putting us next to like bobby flay's book and other Gosh. things we, it was yeah. it was amazing um but then I got to ask, I was asked to do speaking engagements and I, la- and I've always been a speaker. Like I was like, my USY is a uh, United Jewish associate, United Jewish youth. It was like a uh-huh. youth group when I was Jewish, a Jewish youth group growing up. I was the one that would talk to, at like the uh, Yom Haatzmaut, which is Israel's independence day uh-huh. celebration. Uh-huh. I think I talked once in front of like 10,000 people. Like I, you know, so you knew at funerals, you like
0: that.
1: right? at funerals, I was, I, I was the family spokesperson. Uh-huh. Like I, you know, but I, cause I was brought up, I was not brought up with, you're a girl, be quiet. You're a girl, look cute.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I was brought up with like, what do you want? Stand up and tell me. I love that. Listen
0: you to know, that. What do you what want, do? You want Stand up it. and tell me.
1: <laughs> yeah. And what do you want to do? Okay. This is how we can do it. Yeah. Um, but so going, going back to the story, I was doing lots of speaking and quickly realized that I love talking about business a lot more than I had loved talking about broccoli. I was kind of mm-hmm. over the health coaching part of it not over the eating healthy drinking healthy but i just i didn't want to talk about it anymore and i would come home from you know these these engagements or just having coffee with friends and i'd be like andrew my husband andrew this i spoke to elizabeth today and she loved what i had to say and she did this this and this and it's working for her you know i spoke to wendy today and wendy said i helped her more than her $20,000 a month coach and i was like after i said that to him he was like people pay $20,000 a month for coaching <laughs> like, he was like wait like now i'm interested you know he's he's a computer guy. He's not creative is, you know, is not always his thing in this part. So what I developed was my framework of how to really shore up the foundation of your business, no matter what kind of business it is, and really layer on top of that collaboration and publicity through your own network and creating relationships with the publicity and and media networks at large. Mm -hmm. And I have to tell you, it's so much more creative than anything that I've ever been doing because I get to talk to clients one-on-one. I get to t- come to people's Facebook groups and, and hot see them and talk to them. Um, and it's a real skill that I didn't realize I had. And yes, it's from all the experience I had. It's from all the people I've met. It's from everything I've done. So be able to really use, tap into all of that stuff, including like my little bit of woo-woo that I bring with it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's really having, it's not only am I having a good time, not only do I love doing it and I love doing my podcast, but I, I have, you have to, when you listen to this, like if you do nothing else, yes, go to, go to our Instagrams, see what Margo's up, go to my Instagram and look at this testimonial I got today. Cause Margo, mm-hmm. it made me, it made me cry. It really did. Oh, bad. You know, this woman I spoke for 20 minutes to, she's like, that's changed my life. Yeah. And she's already signed. I've chilled. She already signed up for more meetings. So it's like, yeah, I help people lose weight. Yeah. I help them. Their skin get clearer. You know, they're, they're. Whatever's go away, get them off medication. But when I know that I have a piece in someone's family having a different financial trajectory, yeah, that there's nothing, there's
0: nothing more. Right, that's where the real juice comes in. I mean, you know, listening to you talk and and knowing th- what I know, it's it's just you know, we we are a sum of our parts, right? We're we're mm-hmm. the experiences that we've had, and when you combine brave and willing to ask the questions with the then the the experience that follows, whether it's, you know, who you're talking to in the green room, how you're figuring out how to cure your own, you know, health things, how you're putting a book into the world without having done that before, but not letting that stop you, letting that fuel you. And then, you know, circling all those experiences and figuring out that what you really love from all that is being able to help other people put their own, you know, genius out into the world that Mm -hmm. there's so much magic in that. I've been also getting these testimonials that just like, I'm trying to (laughs) save them just so I can share with others that might be, be feel, be feeling like, oh, that, how could that be me? I wish that could be me. And I've, I've had like last week, um, somebody just said, I, I see, and this is the biggest compliment. That's why on my podcast, Windowsill Chats, I'm just trying to s- tell the real stories because people are saying, I, instead of hearing an unreachable goal, I feel mm-hmm. like I'm hearing real people who are going through the same things I am. And it just makes me, it made me do this and reach out to this person and, and this happened and uh-huh. I got this result. And, and again, if you're if you're helping somebody see that they can make a living or make something out of their passion um, uh, nothing better nothing better than that
1: no nothing better at all and i and i did see i think i don't know if you sent it to me or you posted it about somebody you know now reaching out because you said something but i think you know allowing our audiences to see the story like my podcast is behind the spotlight because i really wanted people to see the stories behind the flashiness, you know. I had a um, relationship coach, a celebrity relationship coach, on a couple of weeks ago, and she revealed how she had um, a baby died birth, mm. you know, and how she kept going. You mm. know, I we were both crying. It was one of those. It was one of those episodes. But um, how strong she is, and what she's had to accomplish, and what she's had to do for herself to not only keep going in her business, but keep going in her private life, and, and how to be. Want to just how, shut
0: everything down, and you know, yeah. That.
1: Because, yeah I, i know that i had three horrific traumas in eight months and Mm -hmm. shut my life down you know Mm -hmm. and from the outside you couldn't tell you know if you go back to my couple years ago my social i'm not there but this but the business is still there Mm -hmm. because i didn't understand and i didn't have anybody modeling for me hey tell us what's going on and we'll be there for you tell us what the trauma you've had tell us what's going what's hurting you right now because not only will we be there for you but guess what I've been there, I've been there too. I've had this similar thing to me. I've had this similar thing to me. We've all had their traumas. And that's why I, I started, okay, now I'm going to get sappy. After I met Margot and this other group of this two other women that we, I do, we do talk to every Friday, they gave me the. Support that I needed to be able to really share my story and share what was mm-hmm. going on because I was so I was in a place where I didn't feel like that was relevant. I didn't feel like it was okay to look like look bad and to look weak and to look like it's not working. Um, mm-hmm. But then I when I started sharing and I realized, oh, it's okay to share. And I shared it on one podcast, a small podcast that I went on, and I got 15 DMs from just that podcast. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I should okay, got it. Thank you, universe. Got it. Sharing the story is a good thing. Yeah. and yeah. it helped i was so stuck and it helped me move through it so much faster so that now i can talk about it without crying i can talk about it and laugh i can talk about it and and be able to put it in a place where it's a learning experience instead of hey these horrible things happened to me all over you know all in a short amount of time
0: and your realness is showing you know <laughs> and watch out because <laughs> you know the the really amazing thing about that and i think we can look at our relationships that we have in our life and you know, people we work with, the ones that hold the most value for me, which is, you know, why we're talking right now is, <laughs> is the ones where you can be yourself, the ones where you can find um, moments of, you, you know, that aren't the shiny ones that are the the real ones where you can be yourself and be supported in that and, and being willing to share that. And that's not easy for me, for sure. I always feel like, I don't know, and and I feel like it's a little bit generational too. Like I'm not a oh my gosh taking twenty selfies an hour, but you know I I come from a put others put others forward. But when we put our own, you know, the examples of what our trials are, it makes us more real. And and those of you out there listening, you know, it makes it the same for you when you can say, "Gosh, I've stumbled trying to grow my business." Well, you're just saying. I might need help in these areas. And then there's somebody that comes forward and says, Oh, here's a book publisher for you. Or, you know, like so many people are willing to share and, and embrace your process when you're being real. And I just, I love that Beth, that you've, I've just watched you blossom. And you always have had that, obviously, if you're willing to reach out like you are, but I think when we have trauma and we have things that shut us down, um, we lose that. And, and, and when we're just on the treadmill or we're, you know, the kids are all young and running around our knees and we're trying to figure out how to, where to find ourselves in all that, you know, we get, there's things that happen that we lose ourselves and it, and it's just, it's been really rewarding to, to watch your business grow and, and watch you have the results. You know, Beth, Beth and I both um, were kind of st- well, I don't know, struggling to pick a word with how to talk about how we like to help people. You know, mm-hmm. people have been trying to figure out how to work with both you and me and not not knowing how, because we're like, well, I don't know, you have to go through this giant maze and then be willing to ask. And and all it takes has taken for us is putting ourselves out there in some kind of way. And, and
1: well, we've had a little support in that too. And I think we have. It- yeah, we Huge. both work with this amazing woman. Her name's Chelsea Westman. She's a productivity coach. Yes, if you don't have a productivity coach, go find her.
0: Yes, we go will. Tell, we tell her will, we sent you. She'll be in our, we'll have a link.
1: We'll have a link. She's an, like literally changed my business in three months with systems and how to do things. But she, I think she said to both of us, she's like, what is wrong with you? Just do it. Be messy. And it was like, mm-hmm. what is she, 30, 29? This little girl. <laughs> who I, when I tell you I love Wise somebody woman. hard. I love, yeah. I love these women very hard, Margo and uh, and yeah, another woman, Erin Canfield and, and Chelsea. Really, really you know, family to me. And, yeah, and Natalie yeah. Ditch and, and Nicole, yeah, um, you know, we have we have this little posse we have. But this gr- yeah. this, you know, I say little girl j- jokingly, but you and I could be her mother mm. easily. <laughs> um, and <laughs> not that she's to our mentor, <laughs> us, but she's our mentor. And it was like I I, I, I feel like this I looked at her like, I can't believe this kid's telling me what to do and she's right. It was almost 100%. like, and I just I, did it. And it was like, know, oh, perspective.
0: Oh. Like that's, that's the thing you got perspective. Just if you're open to it, there it is. Well, she's got, you know, she's definitely
1: wise behind, beyond yeah, her years yeah, she and is. she's amazing at what she does, but yeah. Giving me that different perspective and you guys, and you do that for me too. And I, I think I do that for you mm-hmm. having that sounding board and that different perspective and, and somebody giving you permission to be messy And somebody saying to you, hey, I I know you think you're putting yourself out there, but guess what? You're not.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That was a big thing too. Yeah. No, it's it's really helpful. Find your find your tribe. And they, you know, they it it changes. We have different people for for different things. And and I'm I'm just grateful for those of you here right now listening (laughs) to us reminisce.
1: So we are so. Let's get back to the fun stuff because we could uh, we could be all gushy forever. But I really so I'm really always interested in people's creative processes. I had Ginny mm-hmm. Hillfinger on a couple weeks ago, and she really laid out how she goes from concept to clothing, and mm. I found that fascinating. So, what's your like creative process?
0: Oh, what a good question! I. I like to think that it's very organic. I tend to take things in around me. Like, what am I seeing? What colors are standing out to me? And that might be, I mean, often in nature, you know, is that particular green that when the water was breaking, it was in between the blue and the, and I'm, this obviously is picturing this in my mind right this second, but like there was this green color. And then do I notice like, what would that look like in paint? And so I, I start to build off of, some sort of inspiration and maybe it's something I saw on Pinterest or maybe it's something I saw on a magazine or a piece of you know a shirt that Beth had on when we last zoomed you know whatever it is but then I and I start to see what's happening in the world you know are people are is fashion drapier or is it more fitted or what about all the hand stitching and the darning like and so depending on what I'm working on it might just be am I designing something for the home Like with Studio M that I'm working, I adore working with and work for that we have a new line of, of these vinyl mats and it's, it's called floor flare. And it's like a, imagine an old floor cloth that used to be made of canvas, but it's wipeable and washable. And printable in the U.S. by Studio M in their facility. But the cool thing is art plus surface equals a way to get your art into the world and I can have it in my home. So what's pulling together a collection of what that looks like? Those are the things that Oh my gosh, I could just, you know, brrr, go off on how we pull those together, what the colors look like, the artists that I get to work with to do that, you know, turning it into a broader print on demand program, you know, lots here that I'm not talking about, but I just get so inspired by color always inspires me, texture always inspires me. And I build on those things and what I see happening out in the world, like right now, you know, coziness, home, mm-hmm. a little bit of fear, you know, needing compassion and and community. And, and what does that look like in a product? You know? So that's, I I'm in my head a lot, but then I get to think, Oh my gosh, this is my, this is the work I get to do. I get to think about color and pattern and <laughs> working with artists for, for work. It's so rewarding.
1: So you talked about community and home. Like how does that manifest itself in a product? Cause you're talking about fear and coziness and community, but what is that? How does that show up in the world?
0: That's a great question. Well, you know, so many products have, (laughs) that is a great question. (laughs) Words, words related, you know, I feel like, um, a very, something that feels thoughtful, whether it's on a greeting card or is it on a, a doormat or on a, you know, mug, is it something that's going to make you think, is it something that's going to make you take positive action? Is it something that's going to make you feel cared for? Is it a color that's going to make you feel, Um, kind of enveloped in something warm? Is it a texture that's going to make you respond in a positive way? Those are all the things like, you know, I've, I've designed from greeting cards to sofas to, you know, everything in between. And I, all those things come into play for all, all of that. And I, and I don't necessarily say, I'm not looking at any art that's not, you know, beach cottage colored right now. I'm, I'm drawn to the, the artists are making those trends too. So it's a combination of something in the back of my mind that I'm looking for, a mood or a certain way to express something. And it's what the artists are finding themselves. Like those two things, when they come together and give me a whole new idea, that's where the magic happens, if that makes sense.
1: It does. But is there like, I'm thinking, I want to like push you farther because I want to like know, is there like (laughs) a... product you've always wanted to make or is there like a line that has a certain Mm. feel to it that you've always wanted to make do you have like one of those brands inside you that hasn't come out yet
0: yeah who's listening (laughs) anybody (laughs) yeah um I I could design furniture rugs wallpaper lighting home deck stuff all day long um all day long I I love big I love you know, when I do my art, my own art, it's usually pretty small, silversmithing or painting or whatever. But if I'm designing and, and ideating and curating for the world, most of the products I've been able to make are smaller because of the companies work, I've worked for. But my background is thinking big. And so, yeah, anything for the home. Uh, my home is my most important thing. Visually, my home is always dialed in. Like I, I think so much about What's on a shelf? What's hanging from the ceiling? What color that paint is? And back to what we were talking about, blogging before. Like if I had, you know, started to speak up, who knows? Maybe I'd have a furniture line. But I don't need one. I love, but I love. That's what I think about all the time. Okay,
1: so you you have put it onto the world the manufacturing of the Margot Tanto furniture line. Yeah. So we, you know, when you when you're more more. <laughs> Position to you can put case. the whole thing out to the world. Yo, I like that. When you were talking, I was like, I want to sit in like a margot chair, like outside in my patio. Like that's that's honestly what came up for me when you're. There's were saying so many that. De- like, so and you, you say that, and
0: my Rolodex brain goes, bam, 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 with all the <laughs> designs. It's been counting forever. Like I've sit right now. I sit in this big square boxy chair, and which is a whole other story about. You know, I live on an island, so people just put stuff out there side their house and say free. But it was brand new and I got it. And it's this creamy thing. And I just live in this. It's like a, its own fort. So, yeah, you know, there's just I just noticed those things. My first job out of college was fabric and antiques and high end home decor. I've always worked in it in some way. So whether it's an ornament for that Christmas tree or a rug for underfoot or beautiful things for the garden, like I get to design now. So you
1: know. now I want to know if I have like old Margot designs in my house. Um, very likely. <laughs> oh, <right. laughs> That's what I feel like. But I also want to challenge you. Like, so now that you're talking about this and I can't imagine that your, our audiences aren't saying the same thing. Like now I want more pictures of Margot's house.
0: Oh, okay. I want to see
1: what those shelves okay. look like. I want You'd to see the way Instagram. back on Instagram,
0: but yeah. yeah,
1: it was hard. I went, I went pretty far back. I only found a few, but <laughs> your fucking business, I would say, Margo, now I need to see your house so that people can get to know you even more.
0: Okay. Pre and pre the dang internet. I was in my house. Every house I've lived in has been in a magazine, everyone save for where I am now, but okay. Uh, not just because we haven't gotten there yet. So I, I really have, it's out there, <laughs> time to repost time to repost (laughs) yeah yeah I love human spaces and uh I think how they make you feel like especially now what what your space feels like makes you walk through your day in a pot with a smile on your face or or not so you know if that picture is bugging you where it's hanging on the wall move it (laughs) you know (laughs) you know there's just oh my gosh make your space beautiful it's easy what about you? Yeah, I, feel that way. <laughs>
1: I feel that way. You know, people have come into my house and said, oh, it's so nice and cozy in here. Or it makes, I always love being in your house. It's so warm and inviting. So, you know, I'm definitely, and I'm, I'm definitely a garage sale picker.
0: You, you have know, the best sign now. in the world be, that sits behind you when I. like oh, fresh juice sign. <laughs> really? It says fresh juice and it, and you have to tell how you got it. But when That's I first it. saw it, when she first, when we first started, like in this group together, I was like who is that girl? Because that <laughs> sign behind her head, she is my friend already. Uh,
1: that's so funny. So my grandmother lived in Delray Beach, Florida. We were down there visiting her and went to a juicery that was closing. You know, we like literally picked oranges off the trees, like mm-hmm. that kind of place in Florida. And they had a juice bar that they closed and the sign was still on the wall. So you guys know me well enough. I went to the manager and said, Hey, is that sign for sale? <laughs> and he said, no. And I said, how much for the side? So I gave him 50 bucks. I went to, you know, and then wrapped it up, like literally took it on the plane. Wouldn't let them put it in the cargo because I was afraid it was going to get broken. Of course, it's like 12 feet long.
0: So oh, gorgeous. And
1: it's been in every space I've ever lived since. And that that honestly, that was September 8th. Mm. Um, and 9-11 was two days later. That's wow. when, That's when I got that. So I've, it's been, what, 20 years mm. that it's been in every space. And it's funny that you say that because I'll be in a different space in my house. And somebody will be like, "Where's the sign?" <laughs> it's like, what do you mean, "Where's the?" Well, sign? and
0: it's it's hand printed. It's this creamy background with this kind of faded red orange paint, and it's got a border around it. But it says, you know, "Fresh juice," and it's but it's hand. Somebody just yeah, stuck somebody a brush in a
1: sides.
0: pot yeah. of paint and put it on there. And that's you know my favorite kind of art is unshiny, real mm. shows the hand of the maker. That bring that on every day
1: yeah that's my whole house honestly it's always it's something like I'm I'm sitting in my little desk in my closet and I have right here like a photo that here I'll show it to Margo I'll post it that Mm. I brought back like literally brought back from the streets of Monaco on my honeymoon you know like I I like those hand painted hand something hand like if you made it like we a couple years ago down the street somebody was throwing out an old 70s bar and I'll, mm. and I'll post pictures of all this stuff. Yeah. We brought, my brought it home. My husband sanded it. He painted it black. I got from Etsy, a beautiful um, orange cutout. That's all in the inside of the bar now. And we have this like vintage seventies bar that we made work for us. And it, it's really the pinnacle of my whole house. Like people will come over and be like, where's the bar? I need to see this bar. People oh my gosh, Beth. Like, my I haven't seen that yet. Bar. Yeah.
0: Well, the mixologist the needs bar. a good bar.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it works that way. But you know, I, I find that I need those smushy, warm and uh surroundings that with items that have a history to them. Yeah. Because I always feel like the the soul of the people that created it or the soul of the hands that it went through kind of the the goodness comes with you. It's never it's never badness. I was saying yeah. the, the goodness comes comes with it.
0: I love um, to think really, about you know, who was that person that fixed that right? crack in that bowl or whatever it was and and you know just not to be metaphorical, but segueing into like why we love helping others with that process so much is it's not clean ever. It's messy. It's handmade. It's depending on what paint color you put on that process, it's going to go this way or that way. And you're going to like it maybe a little bit more or less. So, you know, I think the super rewarding Part of what we both do is connecting with people that are willing to say, "I'm in the mess, and I and and I want my pictures hung straight when I'm done." (laughs) And but they might, but they're going to mean something to me. They're going to mean something to me. That's why they're there. So you know, I think that's what we're finding. You know, I know. I know Beth and I have both had, as I mentioned, you know, haven't quite known how to put out there. This is exactly what we do because we have such mixed experiences but for me and i would love to hear what you think too like if you dial it down if you boil it down to what really matters is hey person who's probably creative or at least maybe trying to figure out their way through this thing um let's put our heads together i might have some experience that could help you get from a to s to z you know
1: yeah, you know, a big part of my why for what I do is, um, so I was on Dr. Oz in 2015 as a Dr. Oz blogger. I got to work with him for two years, which was amazing. But the first time I was on, I didn't have an opt-in ready on my website. <laughs> so what that means to people who don't like means there was no place for me to capture someone's email when they visited my website. Thousands and thousands and thousands, <laughs> and, thousands and thousands of people Ouch. visited my website without an opt-in. It, you know, I just didn't know. I just didn't. I didn't hey, know enough. And I and I day. don't want. To, Right. And I don't want other people to miss out on emails, opportunities, whatever it is, just because they didn't know. And if I can fill that little bit of void for them by, you know, connecting the dots for them, you know, I think a lot of what we do is really like mirroring. Like I get a lot of questions about messaging and branding and, you know, how to position myself as an expert. And I literally just tell you back what you told me. Like, I think you just, you know, we're just really giving you back what you give us in a different context. But I think the one part about it that is true for artists and true for, you know, consultants and coaches and everybody is that the more that you expose yourself and expose your point of view and expose where you come from, Mm -hmm. that's where the that's where the magic really starts. That's where people really get to know who you are, because I'm thinking like if I'm an artist and I'm putting my whatever it is on canvas, my thoughts, my love, my sweat, blood and tears on canvas and putting it out there. It's, it's a lot of like, okay, I hope you like this. This yeah. is me on a piece of paper. This is me yeah, on a canvas. Yeah. Or this is me in my website. Or this is me in my segment. Or me talking to you in my background on my backyard or or Instagram. Yeah. Or whatever it is. It's really... I think we're all... Past, before COVID, and especially with COVID, I think we're past the like, hey, look at me and my shiny new ABC. You know, like mm-hmm. who... I don't want to see your BMW. No. I want to see you like on the floor playing, you know, dominoes with your kids. Yes! that's... Like that's you know I want to see you crying because you finally finished that huge canvas. I want to yeah. see you you know under your desk hiding from your children because you just don't know what to write anymore. Yeah. Like I want to see that
0: part the of it, realness,
1: the realness of it. And and people say to me all the time, they're like, "Thank you so much for sharing yourself." And I was like, "You mean being me?" Mm-hmm. Oh, because when I realized that I could be accepted, celebrated, paid for. To just open my mouth and be like, hey, guys, I'm having a bad day mm-hmm. and this is what I think. Or, hey, guys, I'm having a good day. I'm going to fix your bad day. Mm-hmm. And that's and this is what I think. And I think the more of us can connect on that level, not only will we all be happier, we all be more connected, but we'll all be more successful in our businesses just, just by being us. And I think that's so important because I think we're a lot of us are afraid of being told we're being told no, being told we're bad, being told we're not good enough, qualifying that our fears about ourselves are true. And yeah. guess what? I'm going to take everyone's yeah. fear off the table right now. Yep. No one's going to qualify yep. your fear except for you.
0: That's nobody. Right. Nobody.
1: And people Only like you. Margo and I when right, and when people and Margo and I come come along and you let us because when, when you hire us you're really letting us into your orbit. You're right? You're letting us into your house. And I think you say the same thing like you got me. I'm in mm-hmm. my brain's on your business now. So you got that that backup and you can be as messy and as mm-hmm effed up and as crazy as you want
0: because as that's a matter of fact really it's better plays. that way that's true.
1: crazy artists have always been better that way <laughs> and I you know and I feel like my the people that I work with you know no matter what you do there's a if there's a creative stint towards it I'm I'm your person you know mm-hmm. if you're very buttoned up and a type and I'm not your person I'm just mm-hmm. that's not me mm-hmm. but if you got a creative stint to you and you want to create something out of an idea or you want uh, you think you want to you're a doer and you would be more of a doer, any of those things. And I think you're the same way. Like we want to connect to your soul, to who you really are. You know, like, tell me how your dog annoys me, annoys you. Tell me how your mother-in-law makes pumpkin pie and you hate pumpkin pie. Like, I want to hear the, I don't want to hear the like, oh, my family's perfect. And I have perfect children. And I have a perfect dog right. and I have a perfect everything in my business. It's not, we know it's not true. So just Let's work with the mess. Up, I just think that's where the beauty is in my business and the creativity in my business comes out from helping people relieve themselves of holding on to their mess.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So well said.
1: That was my preaching moment. That was my preaching moment.
0: That was a good preaching moment. Well, we, <laughs> hopefully we've given everybody a lot to think about and I hope so. you can connect. We're, we're going to split this podcast, I think, and it'll be on Beth's podcast and on mine. And yep. you'll, you can find out more about what each of us do in the show notes and on our websites. And really, we're here because of you and because we believe in you and how you're showing up and and how you can continue to to grow that and and hone what that looks like for you. I adore you, Beth. Oh, my gosh. Right back at you. We might have to do this again. Thank you, everybody. And thank you, Ms. Beth.
1: Well, Margo, who inspires me now? Actually, you know what? My kids really inspire me. I was in the car with my 16-year-old the other day, and he has an idea for his own podcast that he's actually producing. And he was just talking in a way that the ideas were so big. It wasn't like, you know, maybe I can get my friends. It was like, I'm going to call the head of Northwestern Mutual and see what they're doing. You know, his his ideas really broadened what he could accomplish. It, it wasn't keeping him down. So I hope that's a little bit of me. I hope it's a little bit of my husband, but I know it's a whole lot of him.
0: And we have come to the end of another recording of windowsill chats. Thanks so much for being here with me. I value your time and I just hope you've gotten as much out of this as I have. It's just so great to be able to bring you these conversations and these friends and these wonderful people that I have met along the way. So if you're so inclined, another reminder to subscribe and jot down a review for me wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you have any questions or want to check out more details that we talked about, head over to the show notes at TantowStudio.com. I look so forward to seeing you again next week. Have a good one, everyone.